0: welcome, welcome. We are here on Energy Matters today and we have a great guest for you. Her name is Zan Ottaway and she is an animal communicator for pets and spirits. Um, So whether your animal is alive or is past, Zan is somebody who is going to help you communicate with them to figure out what's going on. So during this interview, the first 20, 15, 20 minutes was not recorded. So we're just going to dive right in to where we picked up from. All right. Thanks, Mercury and retrograde. (laughs) Just kidding. I'll take responsibility for that. All right, everyone. So here we go. Um, so you were kind of talking a little bit earlier about, um, you know, intuitively when you're connecting with an animal, um, and the, these kind of different sensory expressions that you receive as information, can you tell mm-hmm. us um, when you're chatting with the animal? Can you kind of really like fill that out a little bit? What do you what do you feel? What's your um, what's your kind of process of like receiving information? Because every intuitive person is, everyone's intuition kind of works a little differently. Like some people are really, really, like I'm very clairaudient. I feel a lot of other people's emotions. Sometimes I get images. A lot of times I get images, um, but what does that look like for you? Like, how do you receive information? from because animals know what we're talking about all the time. But like, what what do what do we what do you experience when you're kind of receiving information?
1: Well, I I actually a lot of it is ba- based in daily meditation for me. And although when I'm doing my short pre session meditation, often the animals want to jump in and start talking. And I I like I, so sometimes my meditation can seem very short, which is funny. Same with healing, they want to talk to me while we're trying to do healing. But I hear a lot, and I sometimes visualize things. And I'm just trying to work on integrating all the senses because I think feeling is good too. And um, sometimes I, I I don't really taste or smell all that much while I'm doing this, so maybe work on that. But but yeah, just it's it's very important to be in a meditative state. And that and Carolyn, you talked about how important it is to have somebody neutral. And it's very important to kind of get this the meditation so that we can get to that neutral space. Because if we are too emotional, we can't hear, we we can't receive messages, whatever sense we're talking about. And so um, I I don't want to take all the emotion out, but we need a sort of area of neutrality. So it's very important to balance. This kind of meditative state of state where I get a little spaced out so I can kind of get telepathy, but at the same time grounding in the earth where the animals are, because you know, they're 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 here or they may be in spirit, but we we want we want to our feet on the ground. So and, and sometimes I I took some feline behavioral courses and dogs were in the textbook too. And I get asked about dog things, although usually I refer that kind of thing to a trainer. And, of course, you're right, rule out the vet, first of all. But sometimes I, I will get into some training issues, but mostly people want to know the why of it. Like, they want to know, why did my animal do that? Why why is my animal acting that way? And they don't even want me to go through the whole list of, like, get to know your questions. It's like, I know that. I know that. Just... Yeah, like, they're like I know that my animal
0: dad. loves to play with string. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. And, or why did he bite? You know
1: that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and so do what kind of answers when when people are asking the like the why the why the why? What kind of answers do you receive from the animals about their behavior, about their circumstance, about what's going on? What what different types of answers do you get?
1: Well, you know, it's surprisingly kinda of ordinary sometimes. And I don't do like a you know, a jazz show. <laughs> but but it's sometimes it can be fun and funny and sometimes it's deep and sad. But and um, you know, I might hear like he's not a good guy. Or I might hear like that dog thinks he's just so so all that and, and maybe not quite all that coco but you know, that dog thinks he's the top and I'm the top, or I'm really the top, or I'm the good one. You know, you, you might hear very simple things, Carolyn. I mean, you know. Yeah. So, uh, um, uh, and I might say, like, well, what was going through your head when that happened? What were you feeling? It, it, my joke about that is, like, what were you thinking? <laughs> it's like saying, right. what were you thinking? Yeah. But it's like, what was going through your head when this happened? Yeah. yeah. And you might hear something like, he was up to no good, or that dog was getting or or the girl that that one girl was playing too rough with the other girl so i better you know that one girl was playing too rough with my girl
0: oh so the dog might jump in to try to protect her you know her mm-hmm. family
1: yeah wow that's
0: so interesting and you know kind of during during that process you know h- how do you how do you explain to them that like well that's not necessarily okay in human society like w- when you get that information of like okay like yeah so we know that, that that dog got really aggressive um maybe playing in that backyard with my daughter or something i don't have a daughter but just making up a, a scenario so if if the if the dog is worried that uh, another friend is going to be a little too aggressive and is trying to protect how do you negotiate how do you go where do you go from there
1: Okay, well, first of all, there's a couple things. Um, we, we can't have that girl come over with a dog, and especially not unsupervised or without a leash. And then we got to get the dog in training. So but
0: it starts just practical, practical teeth, right
1: away. We do not press down on skin. We do not press down on skin. Teeth are only for toys and food. And we do not like puncture. We do not even puncture the skin even lightly. And I don't know, you know how some dogs kind of nip a little bit and they go, oh, he's just nipping. Yeah. So I don't know how you're going to negotiate that. That's sort of up to the family to fine tune mm. that or the train with the trainer. Mm. But we, we tell them don't press down your teeth on humans or animals. It's, it's only for food and toys.
0: So you're just setting really clear ground rules, just like well, any other family mm. member, just clear ground ground
1: rules in a positive way so you can use it on te- on food you can use your teeth on toys but not on animals not on other dogs not on cats not on people well it might be hard to say cats but you know <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> that instinct you know that instinct is strong <laughs>
1: and you know there's no there are no guarantees I mean um, you could train an animal really well and something might trigger them. So we try to remove the, the triggers that we know make them overstimulated or over aroused.
0: What what type of triggers might make an animal overstimulated or over aroused in some way that kind of gets them going? Like what, what, are, what kind of triggers are we talking about here?
1: Well, you know, I, I think I know more about cats than, than dogs, but I, I we do stay think in the sometimes... realm of cats.
0: Cause I feel the same way. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about cats since we're, you know, kind of, both cat lovers
1: okay well you know i i i feel like when the tension like i can't i don't i can't judge people because people are working hard and doing the best they can but if there's a high if there's high tension and tensions going on in the house uh the pets are going to be affected by that i mean it's easy for me to say but what oh in cats it's just over petting you know people think they're entitled to pet the cat or a new girlfriend or boyfriend will come over and say but I can't pet the cat. And like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not entitled you to earn it. And then you, and, and Carolyn, you know all this, but you, and Jason Gal- Jackson Galaxy says, you've got to let the cat pet you. First, you put out a finger, and if they rub it, then you know you might be able to touch the top or the side of their head. Some cats like different things, but they don't want you to go from top to bottom over and over and over again. It actually sometimes it's painful and they, they get and and it's hard you know like you can be taught to watch for the signals like ears back is bad tail going like this you know flashing around is bad but but um sometimes we don't see the signals and and it it it, it's a sort of an art of being sensitive to how much are we allowed to and the easiest thing is to let them pet you so like my cat when he gets up high in his cat tree um he rubs against me and he and he asks me to pet him and he's yeah, I want that hand, or and now I want this hand, and he cuddles. And but he's up high, or if I'm down on the floor doing yoga, then he'll rub around, and
0: he's like, "Oh, you're busy. Do you want to give me love now?" <laughs> yeah, he's pretty independent,
1: but yeah, mm-hmm.
0: that makes sense. I yeah, so I have um, my other cat Daisy. He is sort of the like love mush, and he really likes to kind of nap with me and. If I'm watching TV or something, he's going to like come and lean on me, but he doesn't like, he'll tell me if I am patting, even just like a couple of pats, like his tail might flick a little bit, but he'll just like reach out and put his paw on top of my hand. Just like, no, Thanks. thanks like he just stops me
1: (laughs) so you have a you have a communication worked out with him yeah
0: even before I got into animal communication he would just put his paw on my hand just like (laughs) now and sometimes you know if if him and his brother are getting you know like a little too whatever like he'll just he might be like wow I might swat or something but um you know for for the most part he, he just lets me know ahead of time like oh I'm not into that you Know, or he'll just look at me like, come on,
1: like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun to try to teach children too. Oh, yeah, what does that I mean, look like? When you, yeah, what do you what
0: do you what does it look like when you start to teach children, um, these kind of little tips for animal communication? What kind of experiences have you had there?
1: Well, one I taught my niece with my last cat, I taught her how to kind of meditate and get the cat to meditate in your lap, you know
0: oh can you what does that that look like can you can you walk us through what um having a cat meditating with a cat
1: in your lap looks like well you have to meditate you have to meditate more than one day to get that okay all right so it's a practice (laughs) you do it a few times at the same time and then they come to expect it and i think animals can often be drawn to this just quiet meditative space and well it's sitting lotus position and I'm not saying everybody has to do that, but that that's how um I've usually done it, although my cat now will often sit near me and only doesn't as often sit in my lap, but he he more will sit near nearby. sometimes he will, and so but the other cat was getting older, and he would just stay places, yeah. he just was hanging
0: out there anyways. And so, what are, what are the benefits of um, having a, a building a meditation practice with your animal?
1: Hmm. Good question. Well, you have a thing you do together every day, and um, they they like routine. And and oh, and then he gets a snack after it <laughs> because then I'm going out for a walk. So then he gets a snack before I go out, and so. They'll sit for a while, but part of it is is waiting for a snack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but oh, the benefit routines are always good for them, um, and, and they like variety of toys, and we want to rotate the toys. But routines can be a really beautiful thing, even, especially with older cats. Like some, like I, I used to joke that um, Merlin was a service animal because he would let, he would remind me when to give him his pills. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I, I would take my pills at the same time. So it's like he would, he reminded me to take my pills, but also to give him his pills.
0: That's right. Yeah. There's just some practical sides. It's like, Hey mom, we're doing this. It's our activity together.
1: And then a snack and then a treat. So.
0: And then a treat. Yeah. Everybody loves a little treat here and there or daily. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've also heard you kind of say things like, you know, it's, it, having a meditation practice also turns the, the temperature on the household down. Can you, yeah, can you tell us I... a little bit about what, what you mean by turning that temperature down on a household? Well, you know what,
1: Carolyn, I I don't want to come across as saying that anybody's wrong if they're working as hard as they can and they're having a hard life and it's just tense. You know, that's just, un, you know, and that's unfortunate. But um, sometimes we can... And also in Massachusetts, we have a lot of high, you know, high achieving people and a lot of you know, universities.
0: Yeah. A lot of, a lot of academic, you know, which is very, very smart, working really yeah. hard. You know, there's a lot of demands. Absolutely.
1: So they, they have to take, they have to learn that sleep is important and to take time for themselves for themselves. It, it's just, it's part of self care. And then also teaching them that self care isn't uh, selfish because they're going to think, oh, everyone's, struggling and starving and the country's a mess and you know you know and do i have time you know isn't it indulgent to do you know mindfulness or something and and it's it's actually it's it's sort of one of those things where you're you're not really i'm not, not you but we're not of use to people if we're not healthy
0: right right and that's and that's hard you know it's like I mean, there's so many different types of health kind of that you know are are different definitions, but yeah if we're, if our if our mind is dominating the game and then you know something happens that we hurt ourselves, then yeah, like how are we supposed to continue? Um, yeah, there, yeah that's a that's a very complicated issue for sure
1: yeah and uh, well like for instance, dolphins are a good example of playfulness the, the joy in the play. I never communicate with a dolphin, but
0: it's on the bucket list. Put it on the bucket list. Okay. Suzanne, so, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this work? I know that you told us that you have a background in in music and you know some piano and all that. Um, how mm-hmm. did how did you get it? What is the how did how? Yes, tell me everything. How did you start into animal communication? What like lured you into this work?
1: Well, you know, in two thousand, my husband's younger cat had. Oh no, I'm sorry, they were twi- they were twins. <laughs> My husband's cat wouldn't take her pill, or we were having a really hard time killing her. And so I took Penelope Smith's book, Animal Talk, to a diner. You don't even have to be in the same room or in the same building. I I took it to a diner, got really quiet, meditative. And um, I asked her a couple. I was concerned about something else as well. But I asked her, um, how can we help you take your pills? And she goes, "You could just give me a snack. (laughs) <laughs> and, and it seems so simple nowadays but in those days it's like whoa okay so we we gave her a snack after the, the next pill and then pretty soon you know the routine carolyn builds up and pretty soon she was telling us when it was time and she would jump up on the washer dryer jump up on top ready for a snack and pill and it was just heaven it's part of her routine and easy yeah and then uh i was pretty upset when her brother died later and I was pretty. I was pretty shocked. I was pretty shocked and uh, kind of got sick. But um, I used the book, two months later, I used the book to communicate with this orange cat through uh, journaling. And sometimes I try to remember to tell people that are mourning, they might come through journaling. They might play with the lights or even your computer. But I think journaling, is, I like writing and I, I kind of like to just... Do, they call it inspired writing, and you kind of get in a lightly altered state and write and see what. You don't know, worry what comes. You don't say I'm writing a novel you, or an essay. You just see what you get. It's crazy, right? But and that's what the intention of connecting.
0: Dialogue. And that's what the intention of connecting with an animal who's crossed over to like kind yeah. of get into that like inspired or automatic writing and kind of get yeah. into that that rhythm with it and yes. ask ask for answers through the, the written process.
1: Yeah, like was it okay? Were you okay? Did I do too much? People always have that question: Did I do too much or too little, or feel bad? And I think we all wonder about that. And,
0: and how are you? Yeah, and yeah, and and so when you kind of when you started communicating um, with uh, the the orange cat who had passed on, like what kind of information did you start receiving through this were you surprised that you started getting information or were you just kind well, of like kind i feel of... like i'm making this up
1: oh it was funny it was pretty funny and i thought i'm not that funny myself so <laughs> i kind of thought it didn't sound like something i would do at that time i was pretty uh innocent at the time and it didn't you know it, it wasn't like me to be that funny <laughs> but like, but i don't remember exactly what it uh, I, I, I have that diary in my um diary bookcase i could go get that out but I, I remember later when i got another cat and i said well you're both really athletic cats and uh, i was speaking to the spirit and so how are you different from the new cat and he goes i wasn't wired i wasn't so wired like he, sometimes the cats will comment on the next cat and sometimes they'll really help you with the next cat or they'll help the next cat but they he would he would he would sort of say i wasn't as hyper as this cat
0: yeah it was easier in this body or whatever yeah (laughs) that's so fun um and you know so so how did you know so you had a couple of initial experiences connecting to your own animals through yeah
1: and then I met a mentor yeah there was someone named Joanna Sear in Warwick, New York was very good and I went to a couple of her workshops in Chester at a place called um god we had a really great name Subtle energies. Oh, I like that. Yeah, she did a great workshops, and she showed you that communicating with live animals, you can go through the same routine with the, the, as a deceased animal. And we did that. We did exercises with that. But she, I went to a couple of hers. They were good, and she mentored me for a long time with um, the latest cat. And I mean, the, the cat before the cat I have now. Um, she she helped i mean we had a good cardiologist but she helped keep him alive i think i mean i think she really helped with healing with him and uh has she has me on her site testifying that he lived for two years younger that longer than the vet expected and oh, that's kind of saying yeah and i i think that i even have a cat like that right now i think you know that um i'm pretty surprised how long they've lasted <laughs> i know it's amazing
0: they're like keep on keeping on <laughs> And so, so what was the kind of like, so you were kind of in this like long-term mentorship. So what made you mm-hmm. kind of feel like, okay, like I I want to really like bring this into a more professional space, like kind of doing it just for your own exploration, for your own communication with your own animals. Um, and then you kind of developed this mentor. Like what was the, what was the click for you that you were like, I'm going to, I want to support other people.
1: Okay. Well, I'll tell you, um. I got involved with the spiritualist because somehow I found out about this mediumship course with Linda Hunter and oh, and I'd been going to conferences in Phoenix, DC, Denver, Scottsdale uh, would Celebrate Your Life and Louise Hay, Louise Hay I, I wanted to mention Louise Hay who got her start with AIDS patients in the 80s mm. and healed herself of cancer by doing an incredibly good diet and, and affirmations and just amazing person but anyway somehow I, got, I, I met John Holland and he, he was funny he's also had a background in improvisation and showmanship he's more of a platform medium but then um, so I found out about this in 2013 before 2013, I think it was maybe 2011, I found out uh, online about Linda Hunter in Springfield. She teaches at Edgar Casey A.R.E. Center in New York City right now, but um, she was doing this big year-long online mediumship course before the pandemic. And um, my first time, I, I felt like Hermione because I thought I'm a good student, but I'm not really fluent. So I kept taking it. So it wasn't until like the third year that I began to be more fluent. But then in the end of the course, though, in the end of the first year, she had a couple of classes on mentoring us on how to start a business, and so it started out really simple with inexpensive business cards, a, a simple website, and just putting up flyers around town. Yeah, just getting the word out. And then a, as time went on, and and uh, that was a slow start. And then I got as time went on, I got enough testimonials to get onto sites like Penelope Smith's Animal Talk or Bob Olson's Best Psychics, and they're nice people and and then wisdom then wisdom magazine is one where I get found, and um sometimes catster or I don't think I've been called from modern cat, but um, dogster so oh, over over the years and, and 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 at first, I didn't get much around Massachusetts because um well, like my neighborhood, for instance that it's a big thing that we believe in Reiki at the hospital, Reiki, sorry Reiki yeah. at the hospital that's a big thing, yeah. but and the animal thing is is a harder sell, but um, I'm getting more people calling from Mass no. But at first it was like the South or all over the world, India, Malaysia, you know, That's so cool. and uh, so you know, international, Moscow, uh, Germany, Norway, and um, I mean the German one was actually a Norwegian in in Germany traveling in Germany. Yeah, yeah. First it was the South and international. That's amazing.
0: Is it is animal communication more accepted in the South, do you think? or what well, was- I don't know
1: I haven't been getting as much as much business from the South lately. Um I'm not sure why,
0: yeah. just the right people just happen to start from there. Yeah <laughs> that's and that's I- cool. I- so you're really just kind of practicing and practicing, and then you ended up kind of taking that um, that business like the the business course as part of that mentorship, and then really kind of starting to to like build. Oh, I did also
1: there. do a little bit of business school with Marie Forleo um, online. It, sort of, she teaches. She sort of coaches you in writing copy. But what Bob Olson told us recently, I used to do email newsletters to everybody at like quarterly, and it was very hard. But he's saying don't blanket everybody with newsletters and stuff, write personal notes. So now I'm kind of in between wondering, uh, like I, I, I don't really um, do all that unless I'm getting really dry and not having people call. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but I, I try to need a little stimulation sometimes. sometimes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's great. But um, I like
1: the personal letters. Sometimes they don't work, you know? mm. Yeah. I, I called up a horse lady I knew and said, um, she said, I've been thinking about your horse and how are you all? And she said there is something different about the horse, but uh they, you know, she 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 wasn't she didn't really uh she wasn't that into it. There there's a whole backstory on that too. How um Um and so um you
0: know, do you do you have any kind of uh, last like you know, favorite stories. If if people are just tuning in and they're like, "Oh, like, what is what is it like to be sort of a an animal, a professional animal communicator?" Like, can you um, can you share you know one or two of your kind of favorite stories over the years?
1: Well, some of my favorites are from when I was getting started. Like they say, you never forget your first case. And my first one was a German Shepherd that was having seizures, and this taught me a couple things: first thought, best thought because at the first person was skeptical and she talked me out of my first idea, which turned out later to be, I think, right. Mm. But, the, but that oh, was, that's so okay. The, though, first, but, the
0: first impression that you got, the, mm-hmm. the person was like kind of dismissive of it in some way. Mm-hmm. And you were like, mm-hmm. no, I should have just trusted what came through.
1: Yeah, but it it was, it was tough to, but that's okay. So, but I love that dog. And what I learned was how, animals can be affected by tensions and things going on between people in the household mm. and I, i'm not saying that caused the seizure at all i'm not saying that i think it was genetic but but at the same time our our code of ethics as laid out by Penelope Smith on animaltalk.net is that um, we don't we don't judge and same with dickens humane shelter that so we we got to kind of balance um, yeah, animals are really sensitive to our emotions. But at the same time, um, you know, it's not a contest. <laughs> so like it's 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 not a judgment.
0: Yeah. And so you kind of felt like with that German Shepherd that like the tension with the with his animal, with his people, his human companions, was like a little tense
1: and, and exacerbating the seizures. Oh, I don't know, but you know, I was fascinated that he was telling me stuff that I wasn't told about this. But he told me, and I said, he says this, this, and that. And they go, yeah, that's right. Wow. <laughs> you know, about a roommate situation that wasn't, go- you know, going well.
0: Yeah. That's so Maybe I shouldn't
1: say more, but.
0: Yeah. No, that's great. I mean, it's always so, it is so interesting. It's like those confirmations when you're talking to the animal and then you say it to the person. And it's like, yeah, like how, how else would you know this information unless that really validates that, this animal has consciousness and is witnessing and remembering and responding and feeling things about it, you know? So it's, it's, it's really nice to not, um, to just, you know, have that. And I think a lot of people just like intuitively feel that way about their animals. Um, You know, like before I even started any doing any of this work, I would always like say goodbye to my cats when I was leaving and I'd be like, I'm just going to go to the grocery store. I'll be back in like an hour, you know, (laughs) Um, or if I was going to be gone like overnight, I would let them know like I'll be back tomorrow, probably closer to when the sun goes down. Um, And I swear like they, you know, they stay calm. Like and I know their limits just because of like, you know, like two nights away is like too much without human contact. (laughs) They tend to go a little crazy. Um, but if I kind of let them know that I'll be gone for like two two days and like one night, they're cool. They're cool as a cucumber. They don't get anxious. They don't do weird things when I'm gone. Well, I don't actually know what they're doing. You sound very
1: close, Caroline. I'm that very sounds-
0: close with them. Yeah, they're like they're my they're my besties. They're my little buddies. Yeah um so zan we are coming to the top of the hour um how how can people find you what is the easiest people if they okay. want if if they want to learn a little bit more about what you do um how can how can people find you
1: well you you said my my website is z-a-n-o-t-t-a-w-a-y.com and go searching around on the menu and you can find everything and usually we'll tell you how to get in touch and i, I usually like to have a photo name and age And what issue you'd like to discuss uh, by email or text. And the number is 413-301. Thanks for asking. 3007. Perfect.
0: And so again, that website is zanottaway.com. Z-A-N-O-T-T-A-W-A-Y.com. And do you have any last words of wisdom as we're coming towards the top of the hour? Do you have any last words of wisdom that you would like to throw out into the universe?
1: Yeah, I i i really think that we can all communicate like i I said before we we all can communicate with nature animals trees rocks people anyone and so i think we have to be um careful to use it well and that innate that innate ability i was going to say human but it's innate ability uh on all these things and and You know, not manipulate, for example, not like not to manipulate people is one thing I've heard that, you know, but, but, um, so yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. It is amazing work. It is really fun. I'm I'm just, I I, I don't try to go heavy on proving the afterlife or something, but although most of the spiritualists do, and I I don't mean to be rude to them, but I don't try to force beliefs. Yeah. But But I did have to say, yeah, I think we're that that thing you can talk to anyone and you can heal yourself and you can heal others either by touch without touching remotely oh. yeah and that's a that's a
0: that's kind of the great part of the work you know like when my cat was sick when prince Henri was sick um you know i don't know what what it was it wasn't really specifically anything the doctors um did because they never really figured out what was what was wrong with him last summer when he stopped eating and drinking but i think it was some Mm -hmm. of the some of the distance healing work that helped integrate with his body or you know, it's, it's still a little bit of a mystery. We kind of figured out where it was located and kind of, you know, more, uh, but with the kind of assistance of the vet and the animal communication, but um, yeah, you know, it, it was that healing that you kind of brought into that space, I think also contributed to him getting better. So it was, um, yeah, that was, that was kind of from my personal experience. It's like, I had the the event, but then also it was, it was nice to talk to somebody who was like clear um and then you know kind of the assistance of the the um the healing energy that you brought into the space that was also a lovely a lovely benefit for myself and for my cat so yeah
1: yeah and also there's a distinction between healing and curing because you know we're all gonna die at some point right right
0: (laughs) yeah we're not doing uh you know immortality here fabulous well thank you for coming on to energy matters Zan. um and again if people want to learn a little bit more you can hop on to zanautoway.com to explore and kind of find more information um about animal communication and and what zan um and who zan is so um and so if you're just tuning in uh, you can always go and find this episode uh archived on the energy matters podcast wherever you download your your favorite podcasts um or you can hop on to uh reikinorthampton.com, which also has um, the uh, the whole entire show. And it's usually posted about a week from uh, today's air date. So um, so thank you again, Zan, for coming on to Energy Matters. And Thanks, you're very welcome. Um, and so have a great weekend, everyone, and be well.